The following Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. Doctor? Muscles are still a bit tight. It is the doctor, I know it is. I think it's not only his face that's changed, it doesn't even act like him. Come on, it's time we sorted this out. Now look here. Oh, that. Have you done with this? What you done? What you done? Now what's the game? Ah! Crusades from Saladin. The doctor was a great collector, wasn't he? But you're the doctor. Oh, I don't look like him. Who are we? Don't you know? Extermination. The doctor always wore this, so if you're him, it should fit now, shouldn't it? There, that settles it. I'd like to see a butterfly fit into a chrysalis case after it spread its wings. Then you did change. Life depends on change and renewal. Oh, so that's it. You've been renewed, have you? I've been renewed, have I? That's it. I've been renewed. It's part of the TARDIS. Without it, I couldn't survive. Come here. The doctor kept a diary, didn't he? Yes. I thought so. I wonder where. I wonder where. It's a very different doctor, Ben. Yeah, maybe. Just where do we stand, though? Live from Bowie Base One, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I... You know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, over 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. We blew that. <laughs> I'm the Doctor. And who are you? And who are you? Outpost Gallifrey and the Gallifrey Embassy present Doctor Who Podshock, episode 155. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. That's right, my name is Louis Trapani. And across the great pond, none other than the man himself, the legend, the 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 suave, sexy part of Podjack, none other than Mr. James Norton. My name is James Norton, and I am in fact a legend, apparently. A living one as well. <laughs> All this build-up. 
Well, I'm glad someone's still living. After the last time we recorded, it seems like everyone else that's been known in the world has um, passed on. Yes, we, uh, to quote Louis Trapani, uh, people should really stop dying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thankfully, I mean, it's always said when we have to report on a loss of, of Doctor Who cast and crew. So, um, fortunately, it's, that's been unaffected as far as I know. But seems like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been, a, it's like been a rough week. But we have, uh, we have some positive news, I suppose, to report on. We're, we're a week away as of this recording from Torchwood, Children of Earth. So that's a good thing. Mm, I've seen the the latest trailer. It's been broadcast on BBC One an awful lot, and it looks awesome. It's I have to say uh, I do enjoy Torchwood, but this is the first time I've ever been like really excited about Torchwood since um, just before the first series uh, came on. So I'm I'm really thrilled about it. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun and really really cool. It, from just the looks of the special effects. Um, in the, the trailer, it looks like it's going to be uh, one hell of a ride. Well, that, that's what they're hoping for. It's a five-parter as opposed to a 13. I know John Barrowman has voiced his opinion on that yes. in the Radio Times, saying that um, he's very, very disappointed. Publicly. He feels like it's been a, a punishment moving over to uh, BBC One, I believe, from BBC Three. And the mm. show was cut down to five, and t- the explanation was to make it more of an event. And uh, Yeah, which I agree with. I mean, it is an event. They're on the cover of the Radio Times and they're doing all these things. And there's excitement because it's a mini series and it's something special. Mm. But it's just odd because um, they're, they're, they're going up in the world in terms of going from BBC Three to BBC Two and now BBC One. And it's it's quite unusual. And I can kind of understand um, Mr. Barrowman's frustration. Mm-hmm. Because um, usually when shows get moved up the channels to BBC One, they get more episodes, not less. So I can kind of understand why they've done it. They're trying to make an event of it. But I can also understand from his perspective that he's frustrated because you can tell that he really loves. He's very passionate about Doctor Who and Torchwood. And I think he really enjoys his his job and and the role of Captain Jack. So anything that... um, effectively cuts his time on the shows i think you can understand why he gets a little bit perhaps annoyed about it yes or it's you know a little bit of artificial controversy that that helps uh helps the show a bit gets a little bit of press yes probably it's uh, i mean it's typical of the beeb isn't it to do something like this just for a, a production or a, a publicity stunt i should say it's it's not unheard of in doctor who land to have you know things just grab attention uh, really for no other reason than to keep doctor who or torchwood or well originally i thought this was something that was planned by the production team to make it a shorter an abbreviated um oops (laughs) an abbreviated series that was my breakfast walk falling on my keyboard (laughs) (laughs) coffee everywhere (laughs) no no thankfully coffee is uh, safely in my hands there, the, the mug is. Um, but anyway, I, I had thought, being that what they did with Doctor Who, which was a decision, as far as I know, on, on the production team, to, um, you know, for this transition to just do a series of specials instead of a series, I thought maybe that was the same thinking with the with Torchwood to um, alleviate the demand that it would take because it's many of the same people and the, the obviously the special effects company is the same, the mill and so forth, so... 
Um, but perhaps not. Obviously not. It's that was the BBC's um, decision to do five episodes. Hmm. Again, maybe it's a similar stance that they've taken with Doctor Who to kind of give Torchwood a bit of a break and, uh, you know, so that they have the chance to to come up with top-class storylines and rejuvenate the show a little bit because, well, certainly, the, uh, you know, almost half of the cast of Torchwood have gone now, so it's going to be interesting to see who's who's replacing um, the, mm-hmm. the people who have gone. Um, so I, I'm really thrilled about it. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Let's uh, hope the they can thing, build. Though, it, which, um, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. You know, it goes along with this whole making an event type of thing, having them showing them day after each episode consecutively, day after day. Um, but the thing is, um, just like the specials, we had hoped originally the specials would be spaced evenly apart to kind of fill the gap year and it would be nice if torch would you know helped in that respect as well by having mm. you know maybe five weeks instead of five days yeah but i guess you can stagger them maybe record them and oh, watch yeah. them yeah one after the other and so on so it's no not a big deal and i'm sure that they'll the bbc are pretty snappy at releasing things on dvd um Especially so recently I, yes i mean yeah it's i know um even and, and especially here in the u.s where we usually have to wait you know, weeks and weeks after the UK to get anything, months usually after the release in the UK. Here, Torchwood, um, um, The Children of Earth is being released on, I think, the 28th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they recorded it, don't forget, almost a year ago, if not longer than a year ago. They've been wrapped on it for ages. It's been mm-hmm. sitting in the can. So they really don't have much of an excuse not to release it straight to DVD, you know, pretty much after it's been broadcast or, you know, a few weeks after anyway. So um, certainly that's been the way they've done it with the the old Doctor Who vanilla DVDs. It seems like you've just watched um, an episode and you go down the supermarket or whatever and there it is sitting on the shelf uh, <laughs> in DVD form. So it's crazy. Well, um, speaking of which, aren't also on the 28th, speaking of Doctor Who, the Planet of the Dead will be out on DVD and Blu-ray. And since our last show, they um, announced the release of The Next Doctor, which is coming out six weeks later after that in September. Mm. Yes, and, and uh, I, I stand corrected on, I was wondering if it was going to come to Blu-ray, but I forgot that they didn't shoot it in HD. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately. But also, it was, go on, sorry, um, Ken. I was going to also, also offer a correction from the last Podshock that... Tara and her TARDIS won't be at San Diego Comic-Con. They will be at DragonCon in Atlanta in September. She's, she's dragging the TARDIS to DragonCon. Yes. So that should be spectacular. Tara will be there as well as our special correspondent, Billy Davis. And um, the British media track at um, DragonCon is always a, an excellent, a, a well-put-together track. So I've heard great things about it. At some point, I'll make it to DragonCon. So thank you. Yeah. Um, Definitely check out the British media track there. Uh, highly recommended. Uh, while we're on DVDs as well, I, I noticed that uh, there was an, announce- an announcement yesterday that there's a special edition of Remembrance of the Daleks coming out in the UK. Really? I, didn't, I wasn't aware I of this. I have a remembrance of that. Uh, the TARDIS <laughs> Newsroom blog has the cover of it from yesterday. And uh, so apparently there's a special edition coming out, which... Do you is, know offhand uh, what makes it special? Well, it says it's special. <laughs> Doesn't that count? 
<laughs> you know, I always wanted to remake the movies. Uh, you know, they're no, they've never been complete. <laughs> Uh, so that might be very well be the case. They may be it's, enhanced special effects. Sometimes, you know, we'll have alternate versions of a Doctor Who story with the original effects and then newer enhanced special effects. George said that he wanted to put Jabba back in Remembrance of the Daleks, I think. Yeah, he was missing there. I, I definitely <laughs> felt his absence. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was just announced um, uh, apparently yesterday. Or with a cover there, or maybe it was announced prior to that, but the, the first time I had heard of it. So thanks mm. to the uh, TARDIS newsroom blog for the remembrance details. Yeah, they, they really are a um, a great news source. It has to be said, they they David hit the, the nail on the head uh, many many times, and uh, they update the the site a lot. I'd love well, to check it out. Yeah, I believe this uh, is the site past- was. Um... I forgot who named him. Someone named the site most updated Doctor Who site or something like that, and there's no no argument there. I mean, D- David Lewis is the uh, chiefly the person behind that site, and hats off to him for his work and dedication um, putting it together. I know I had invited him on our show, and we still haven't um, worked out a, a schedule for that yet. We can't... <laughs> it's hard enough can't to work, work out a schedule amongst ourselves. ourselves. <laughs> Uh, there's also the announcement of the Black Guardian trilogy, which will have yes. Audrey Undead and Enlightenment and uh, what's the third? Terminus, right? Which is great because this, I think those are the first episodes of Davison's second season to be out on DVD. Let's see, there's nothing else. Oh, no, no. Sorry, Arc of Infinity, I guess, was the, the star of it. Mm. It's about time because I'm a big Davison fan, so. Bring them on. Bring it on. Well, we're and, on the subject. I love the three-pack idea because I don't have to wait. I just get it, and there they are. Yeah, they did all it with the one. E-Space Trilogy and the New Beginnings and all that. Just put them out. Why trickle them out one at a time? Let's just get them out. Why mess around, yeah. While we're on the subject of DVDs, uh, Kenley rightly reminded me as we were we were off air. Um, this week we're obviously going to be reviewing the Power of the Daleks in for our feature section, but in a few weeks' time we'll get around to reviewing um, the next regeneration story, which is of course the War Games, which is due to be released uh, on DVD here in the UK on the sixth of July. So in less than a week. <laughs> It's going to be indeed very convenient. Uh, it's it looks like a terrific DVD. It's three discs, which you know I can't think of a single uh, Doctor Who DVD in my collection that I have. Not not a single well, a uh, story part. episode. Well, it is a long one, but it looks like they've really gone all out in terms of the special features, um, which is terrific. Um, so I'm really excited about this and i'm going to encourage our listeners out there head over to our, our website podshock.net um and through our, our little ordering page facility order the war games if you're in the uk um and you can watch it along as we review it uh, next time i know uh, john williams from tacky on tv previewed it recently and um i think it was on either on his site or i know he mentioned it on on facebook and he said it, the the transfer and the, the copies of the 10 episodes are really spectacular i know they had a couple episodes they found better prints than the ones that were broadcast in the states 20 years ago or the ones that are on the vhs copies so i'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing a um a really clean print of the war games so mm. come to the united states already 
<laughs> this is what I mean. We'll get it months later. It hasn't even been announced yet, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, it will be months later. So, um, I know we were talking earlier about Torchwood. Just to kind of wrap up some of the Torchwood news is that they launched an official Torchwood Children on Earth website, though, unfortunately, in typical BBC fashion, when it comes to Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures, much of the media content on that is behind the the UK Iron Curtain. The Iron was. Curtain. Yes. So, <laughs> and including not just the videos, not just, you know, watching previews or clips or whatever like that, which is usually the case with the iPlayer coming up not available, you know, in your region or something to that nature. But also even just the images, the desktop downloads, the, the desktop images, they give you one that's like available a freebie and then the rest are all just locked down to the UK only. Meanwhile, they're a, they're a week apart, the British and the U.S. airings. What? I yes. don't get it. What's Although I think BBC America has their yes. own page. Now they have, I guess that's the thing they want to drive traffic to. But what's the difference? So let's yeah. share. You could, you know, you could have, have, you could have UK people can download from the BBC America site and vice versa. I mean, yeah, but you could have There's no reason why you couldn't have uh, a little banner or something, a little button that says, if you're in America, you can watch it on BBC America or whatever. I mean, if anything, that would help things, because if people, uh, you know, who are perhaps casual Torchwood fans who are just surfing around the web, go to the Torchwood site and see, oh, hey, you know, it's uh, it's going to be on in the US in a week on BBC America. I didn't know that. You know, it, it's just it would be a great uh, chance for cross promotion. It just really frustrates me when the BBC do this. And Particularly, they can't even download the desktop pictures. That reminds yeah. me when the Beeb, only a few years ago, decided that it would be a brilliant idea to put BBC in a watermark yeah. all over their desktop downloads, which was daft. Yeah, I remember that was with uh, the Christmas invasion they, they yeah. Yeah. did that with. <sighs> well, on a related note, Torchwood Radio, there's a, uh, I believe they're prequels to children, uh, I almost, almost said children need children of Earth. Uh, <laughs> there are three stories, I believe, and yes. they're available on BBC Radio 4. And the first one, as we're recording this on the 1st of July, is um, available today. Now, the site says UK only, but I've been tweeted that you can download it even outside of the UK. So I don't know how long that's going to last. So when this podcast gets out there, I don't know if that's still going to be the case or not. But uh, check it out. It's uh, BBC um, co.uk slash radio four um and then i believe you'll find links there otherwise we'll have links on our website you can you know find it through there and um, yeah. there are three plays i'm not sure how long they are i'm guessing they're probably an hour ish long somewhere in that vicinity or i, I guess uh, i think i think they're um uh 45 minutes 45 so minutes, they're okay. they're the standard sort of doctor who length type episodes um the first one's called asylum which mm -hmm. as lewis pointed out went out today um then tomorrow they're broadcasting the golden age and then finally on friday um they're they're show uh, they're uh, broadcasting the deadline i almost said showing which isn't quite technically true as it's on radio but a great job, Beeb, for, for getting the build-up right to um, Torchwood. It's, it's great that every day this week you can really get in the mood for Torchwood and then straight away on Monday they're showing it. That's, that's really clever. I'm really pleased that they've done it that way around. Yeah, there's a, it's Torchwood week or, or I should say Torchwood month, really, with everything going on with Torchwood. Yeah, it's great. 
Um, speaking of, because uh, of course this is all on iPlayer, uh, as Lewis rightly said, um, there's a, a great, if you are in the UK, there's a great interview with uh, Russell C. Davies as well that's just gone online where he talks about Doctor Who, Torchwood, and uh, and, and the Sarah Jane Adventures, um, also done by BBC Radio 4. I have this uh, interesting feature called Front Row, um, and it's on BBC iPlayer along with, um, obviously, all of the, the Torchwood episodes that are coming out this week. And it will be online for the next six days, which is, or the next five days, I should say, at the time of this recording. Um, and also, if you uh, are into your magazines, you'll probably like be aware that SFX has also got a, a great interview with him where he, he, he talks a lot about the upcoming series of Torchwood so uh, go out and get that if you can yeah absolutely alright well this has been the new Torchwood podcast brought to you by Doctor <laughs> well without any new Doctor Who episodes coming out um, Torchwood is um, the talk of the scene right now but it yeah. is it is and and they're really we've we've had a bit of a lull considering that a couple weeks ago we had this wave of Doctor Who information and now it's kind of settled down a bit. I mean, David Tennant and his the principal photography on his specials is concluded. And they're probably in post at this point. And there really hasn't been any Matt Smith news. So any any day now, we should be hearing something come out. Mm. We'll probably get a big rash of news after Children of Earth and probably around when, like, maybe San Diego Comic-Con starts with with Russell and all that, they'll they'll have this big wave of information coming out with whatever they're talking about at Comic Con, being that that's a almost a giant trade show. And then we mentioned that our correspondent Tara Wheeler will be there, uh, sans the TARDIS, but will be there with a digital recorder, so she'll be our as Ken and blogging, says, hopefully. Our, our our boots on the on the ground there. Gallifreyembassy.org or Podshock.net, the website, and you can follow her her blog and hopefully she'll be uh, i know she's an iphone user so i know we can get some information from her oh, in real time yes yeah so, also so that should announced be for the san diego comic-con uh, again doctor who related is that underground toys have released the um the images of the toys that are exclusive to the comic-con now it's i have to put exclusive in quotation marks because it's also exclusive to the forbidden planet in the uk so it's the same line of, of if you've seen the ones that were uh, introduced a good, I don't know, six months ago, announced um, for the, um, the UK store, The Forbidden Planet, where they had exclusives of uh, the first Doctor and the second Doctor, two versions of them, one in full color and then another black and white version of the, of the collectible figures. And then there's a Colin Baker in um, the, quote, real-time blue outfit, which they did for... I believe it was a, a webcast, the blue, the, the uh, real time, where he, they took his multicolor outfit and made it all blue. And they did that because it was easier to render, you know, doing artist graphics and such like that. It's just a little bit easier to do all in one color than to do the multiple colors. So, um, but now they have a figure of it. So if you go to Comic-Con, it's sold out and, um, you know, you can pick these up. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be hot items on eBay as well. Selling like hotcakes. <laughs> yes. So is there any more news, gentlemen? Well, a bit of, um, since we're heavily dealing with spinoffs today, but veering off the Torchwood um, wagon is the Sarah Jane Adventures. 
the casting news coming from The Sun is Nigel Havers has been cast in the Sarah Jane Adventures, playing a really? romantic uh, interest to Sarah Jane Smith, played by Elizabeth Sladen. So um, that's some news there. I wonder if there's, if there's any truth to that rumor about the wedding then. I had, I had heard that those rumors mm-hmm. were false. Those that's what multiple wedding well. rumors. Um, I had heard those were deliberate plants, rumored, you know, rumored, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I I think it's it's highly unlikely. I mean, even if even if there is a a shred of truth in it, it might be that one of them is getting married. I find it highly unlikely that everybody's getting married. Is yeah. the, well, the, the, one, the the most you know the most absurd one is the and without getting to spoiler territory, even though we don't believe it's going to happen, is um, the Martha Jones character who she's supposed to be marrying makes really no sense. In, the, in those rumors. Mm. Well, given the history of things anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we shouldn't go in too much into that, I guess, because it is spoilerish, I guess. And it's all just on rumors. There's, it's not substantiated by the BBC, so fair enough. And remember, 10 doctors, children in need special. Which, um, <laughs> since our last three, recording... Uh, three of them David, aren't around anymore. David Tennant has um, laughed off. and I Yes. It, he called it something, um, tabloid squeal or something like that. I can't remember yeah. the quote now. Something funny. And, and he, his response was, well, they haven't told me about it. <laughs> this is how I'm, I'm, I'm the 10th guy, you know. So I'd hope either, that they tell me about it. It means that now it's definitely, definitely happening or just... You know, as we said, just kind of dismiss it. Well, <laughs> it's a 10 doctors special, but there's 11 doctors. Three of them are deceased. Um, you know, like, why, like, where do they, does anybody think this through when they make up a rumor? Just a I rumor. think it's recycled, isn't it, from yeah. last year? Churning it out because there's there's very little Doctor Who news at the moment. So, hey, you know what, let's, let's put this out. It sells papers. Indeed, indeed. No one would be happier than I to have a eleven doctors special, but in fifteen minutes, so it's yeah, going to be yeah. a relay race. You know, it'll be a one minute per doctor. <laughs> well, oh, uh, you know what, Lewis? It's it's not really Doctor Who news, but it is Podshock news. If you just make a quick mention about the Facebook page, uh, a little bit of changes yeah, for our friends on Facebook. Facebook pages. Uh, we, Fan pages. Yeah, we, we've uh, the Gallifrey Embassy and Doctor Pachak had uh, group pages, but there's certain limitations that are there inherent within the groups, and we should have done pages from the beginning. So uh, we're making the migration to pages. Well, we we started that right now, and uh, and actually I'm kind of surprised because I haven't really uh, well we haven't really publicized it that much, but uh, just recently, like, yesterday, there was like an, another hundred people that have joined out joined um fanned us as they were that's the term that that you know they yes you know. it's the fan mm. it's the term facebook uses yes. not us so we just so. basically our friends you know people basically who are you're friending you know, us there but it's the term is fanning us. you know the nice thing about fan. those those pages is that they'll the news items that we post there will show up in your in your news feed so yeah unlike the group yeah, so feed. If you're if you're a member of our Facebook group already, um, please go over to check out the, the the page sites. We're going to have links to it on 
well, there already is one on the group pages, but also on the Gallifreyan Embassy. Um, there's also a Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi page as well, so check that out. And um, and it just um, this, just this replaces our Gallifreyan Embassy, our Gallifreyan Embassy account, where we will would have like a personal account. Or what did you call it yesterday? It's a profile. Um, they call it profile, right? We had a profile of Gallifrey Embassy, and they, Facebook deleted that because they said it wasn't a real person. Which I wish they would have given me a heads up on it, so I could have moved everybody over. But first off, thanks so much. If you're already friending one of us, or all of us, or a member of one of those groups or fan pages, thank you. If you're not, feel free to add or sign up or whatever you have to do for that. And and please put it as a share. Tell other Doctor Who fans about it. We love the idea of having so many, you know, we have so many people around the world and we can communicate so instantly that even if we don't know somebody or they're just a fellow Doctor Who fan, they might get some news and they post it and we post it and it, it gets around the world very quickly, whether it be a photograph or a news item or anything. It's just a, a great way of staying in touch with other Doctor Who fans. And again, you don't have to be. Um a Facebook member, you can actually just go to the org or net and interact with us with our own website, and right. we're there all the time. All news is posted there all the time. So lots of a lot of the news that we're talking about today was posted on our website in between our last podcast. So um, to get your immediate fill of news and information and <laughs> um, all fun stuff, org or net both will bring you to the same place. And you can check out our site and join our forums. It's become a very lively, well, it always has been. It's, uh, we just revised the website. It's a new regenerated website. And it's some, beautiful, by the way. Kudos to you, Lewis, for, for putting yes, that together. Thank you. It's the, Big there, there's still some content that's still being moved over from the previous site, but uh, the previous site is still up and running, So, uh, and it will stay up and running as an archive, so that's not going away. We had four years of content from 2005 to 2009, that was built by by you, by the, our listeners and um, vi visitors to the website, building content there. So that's not going away, and there's links to it. So it's um, we're trying to keep it as incorporated as possible. But you know, it's um, check it out. Yeah. Certainly. And one other thing, if I may mention, uh, if you are a, a regular of Podshock and the Gallifrey Embassy, and you you appreciate us working to bring out news and, and keep the Doctor Who community going. Uh, you can always support Doctor Who Podshock by a, with a donation of any size. It helps keep the servers going, helps keep the things moving. You can either do it just as, as a donation, or you can always pick up some Podshock swag. It's a way of showing the world that you are a uh, Podshock listener. And if you wear it to a convention and you take pictures, you know what? I'm gonna, I, have to, I may have to revisit that whole take a picture with the Podshock t-shirt thing again, because that worked out pretty cool. Yeah. Pictures from all over the world of people with Podshock shirts. It was very impressive. So I think we're going to I'm gonna have to mull that around. I'm going to make that something maybe for August. How about we do that in August? I'll, I'll come up with something. <laughs> Sounds new. like a plan. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was a lot of fun. We've uh, th That's, again, if you go to our gallery section, you'll see some of our listeners wearing t different uh, in different locations wearing our um, Doctor Who Podshock shirts there. Alright, well, we'll be right back with more Doctor Who Podshock after this. This is Deborah Watson, and you are listening to Doctor Who Podshock. Podshock. 
What's that? It's a sonic screwdriver. Never fails. Drop the sonic device. Isn't my day, is it? Even the sonic screwdriver won't get me out of this one. Are you seeking Doctor Who news? The Sonic News Driver. Selected Doctor Who related news stories delivered sonically. All in a bite sized podcast. No bigger than a jelly baby. This can function as a sonic blaster, a sonic cannon, and a turbo folded sonic disruptor. Doc, what you got? I've got a sonic cannon. Uh... Oh, never mind. What? It's sonic. Okay, let's leave it at that. Disruptor cannon, what? It's sonic. Totally sonic. I have sonic to oh, A sonic what? The Sonic News Driver. Find it on iTunes or go to sonicnewsdriver.com. Who has a Sonic Screwdriver? I do. The Sonic News Driver. Get yours today, sonically. Neat, isn't it? And we're back with Doctor Who Pachak, and we're, as promised, we're going into our review of Power of the Daleks, which is the second half of the first regeneration story, being uh, the 10th planet being the first one, and now Power of the Daleks is the first Patrick Troughton story as, um, as the second Doctor. And it's an interesting story, it's a six-part story, and I believe it was written by David Whitaker, and... It's not available. <laughs> the story doesn't exist anymore in episodic form, at least on video. So we're kind of reviewing the audio because, uh, I mean, traditionally, I mean, in the past, Dr. Hupachak has always reviewed DVDs that were available both in Region 1 and 2, being the exception was the, the 1996 movie. But we wanted to do a series of regeneration stories leading up to, obviously, the, the 11th Doctor coming up with Matt Smith. So... Um, we're going to have to take an exception to that general rule and review something that is unavailable on DVD in either region. And Well, we really don't have a choice in the matter. Well, that's what I said. We don't. It's a shame, too, because this one really establishes... We've always said Patrick Troughton was the key doctor, really, as far as the longevity of the show, uh, because if he failed, we would not be here talking about Doctor Who, most likely. There would not be a third doctor, fourth doctor, fifth doctor, and so on. So this was a key, really a, a very key story because this one, um, all eyes were on Patrick Troughton, whether or not he was going to be able to pull it off, you know, um, fill the shoes as it were, as of, of, of that William Hartnell established in the first three years of Doctor Who. So um, I think, um, and I think he did. And I think that there are certain key elements in this story that really sets the tone of who the Doctor is throughout the rest of the, of the series. And as I mentioned last week, it, at the time, it was called a renewal. He never mentions the word regeneration in the story. Mm. The, yeah. the term regeneration didn't come till later in the show's history. So even at the time, it wasn't the first regeneration. We didn't know how many there were going to be. We didn't know why or how. As a matter of fact, Patrick Troughton even mentioned something about it's all part of the TARDIS. Yes, um, so it had something to do well, with the TARDIS. Sort of, it, it sort of ties it into, again, with modern Doctor Who and, and being the TARDIS is, is another character in the show, almost a living entity. 
in a sense, yeah. you know, being part of the TARDIS. Mm. I think actually, interestingly, the term regeneration was used actually by the fans to begin with and then was adopted by um, the production team in subsequent uh, series, which I think is really cool and interesting how um, fandom constantly influences the show. And this is just a small way that Doctor Who fans have rubbed off on the production team. So I wonder if we can ask our listeners uh, which story, you know, did finally, you know, which was the first story to actually use the term regeneration? I think it was... Uh, Planet of the Spiders, I think, was the first time they uh, they so referred they that to it as long. regeneration. Yeah, yeah, because so, in war games, they just say, you know, "The time for you, the time has come for you to change your face again." Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh no! Did he did he mention regeneration? Well, this will be great for the war games episode in a couple of weeks because yeah. we'll we'll uh, we'll Ken, answer it all. Right. I think they don't mention regeneration. I think they do. It's, uh, they like you said. They said it's time to change your face again because I remember watching that originally when it was you know first available in the U.S. and scratching my head. That really doesn't you know sound right. Time to change your face again, you know. <laughs> and, and and I don't remember Pertwee in Spearhead from Space saying I've regenerated. You know he just no. kind of. Because he just flumped out of the TARDIS, and that was that, really. It took him a long time before he even said anything. Yeah, well, Pertwee was like the first really regen- post-regeneration story that really emphasized the post-regeneration trauma, as it will, if you, if you can term that, you know, coin that term. Where here, there was a little bit of it with Troughton. Troughton um, was playing the recorder a lot instead of talking. And what's also interesting was that he was not referring to himself as... He was referring to himself sort of in the third person. He was referring to the previous doctor. You know, he was saying... The doctor well, was a great collector. Yeah, and the, he was referring to his earlier self as the doctor, you know, instead of saying, oh, I used to do this or, or didn't I have that? But no, he said, didn't the doctor do this or didn't the doctor have that? Which mm. was interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting choice creatively to do something like that. I, I, I think it would have been a bit confusing. Looking back on it now, every doctor says, this is me, and I didn't like my last regeneration. And there wasn't there – was, um, there was a respect for Hartnell in that the doctor was a great collector, all these kind of things. There was that trauma where Troughton seems a little bit off, but they explain it away. And part of the story that's really brilliant, um, they're – they're bugging the the doctor's conversation, and he knows it. So he's acting weird and aloof, and then turns around after discovering the bug and says to Polly and Ben, uh, we're being bugged, and then he's suddenly normal. Mm-hmm. And from that point in the story on, he's the Patrick Troughton doctor that we know and love. Yeah. So part of it is, as... We've come to understand that the doctor goes through this weird phase after regeneration. Part of it can be explained away that he's acting weird because of the regeneration. But part of it is also deliberate in that he was being bugged and he was he was acting a bit like a jerk. And it was because he was trying to throw the bad guys off. I, I was having a discussion actually with, uh, with Barnaby from DWNY um, about this story because he had recently listened to it as well and we were – Comparing it to uh, Rob Shearman's Dalek story. I saw parallels there as well. Where I really enjoyed that the Daleks weren't played as a goof. They were seriously evil. And that they slowly establish 
that one Dalek can yes, be very yeah. dangerous. I was make a point and then there's suddenly well. two Daleks, and now they're really dangerous. And then there's three, and that's really, really dangerous. And you know, and then suddenly there's an army. Yeah, because the the doctor himself says that only you know all it takes is one Dalek to destroy this colony, and you know, and that really harkens. I, I want to say harkens back to Rob Sherman's, but it actually harkens forward to Rob Sherman's Dalek yeah. story. And there's a nice there's a nice parallel there between yeah. current Doctor Who and, and classic Doctor Who. Um, there's some great characters in this story. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a great listen. And I have to I have to admit that on, on the original, I originally listened to this story with the Tom Baker a narration back when it was on mm-hmm. cassette many many years ago, and I didn't like it. I, I I found myself not really drawn to it. I know that those original audios. Although Tom Baker's narration was a lot of fun because it's Tom Baker and that's worth the the price of admission right there. But the original quality of some of those audios w- weren't very good. And the the more recent versions are a lot cleaner and a lot clearer. And so I think I had written this story off for a long time. And it was really good to go back and listen to it with a, a fresh set of ears and I have to revise my original thinking on it. I really enjoyed the story. I would give this, for what we know of it, you know, strictly being in an, in an audio sense. And I, I did uh, watch a little bit of the, the reconstruction. And this is one of the few Doctor Who, missing Doctor Who stories that has an official reconstruction. It was available for a time from BBC Audio Collection that came with um, just the audio with narration. Or you could watch the telesnap clips and watch it in a reconstructed form. I didn't didn't do the whole reconstruction. I, I, I should do it. Uh, but strictly on the, the from the audio, I give it four out of five TARDIS groans. I really, uh, I thought it worked very well. Yeah, I, I would as well, though I, it's a six-parter, and I, um, I tend to feel that it probably could have been done in four parts. So, uh, but I, I do give it the same four out of five TARDIS groans. Um, interesting note: this uh, is a 1966 story, and they do wind up on the planet Vulcan. But they know <laughs> you won't find Mister Spock or any other Vulcans there. That's just, um, but they are on the planet Vulcan. Well, it's also funny that you know, they, one of the places is the Mercury Swamp, and it's a very hot planet. You know, it's 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 alluded that it's a it's a warm planet, which Vulcan was. I mean, just mm-hmm. by the name, of course. And Golden another beam. Star Trek reminder, if I a, a foreshadow, I should say, is um, they they kept on referring to the positronic brain, and I'm, I kept on thinking of Data. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, a, it's a interesting story on several accounts. It's um, we just came off a, a Cyberman story and went into a Dalek story, though it was the first Cyberman story in the Tenth Planet. So, uh, but they're two major adversaries or iconic villains of Doctor Who. Um, obviously, the regeneration, uh, the last William Hartnell story, the first Patrick Troughton story. So um, these two stories are, are key or bookends um, that work well off of each other. And um, I, I tend, is- I think I like the Tenth Planet a little bit better. But I mean, but then again, we have the advantage of three episodes of the Tenth Planet still in existence. Where here, you know, as we you said, just have a few clips, and most of yeah. them amount to the Daleks going in circles. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Most other stuff that we do have in terms of pictures are only stills, obviously. And so. a, as a as a, um, a little factoid, this is the only Troughton story not to feature Jamie. Yeah, that's yep. right. 
because yeah. he comes in in the next story in the Highlanders and stays right through to War Games and is in the two Doctors and the five Doctors. I mean, he's not in the three Doctors, which but isn't really a, a Troughton story. But if I'm talking about strictly from the era, the, the mm-hmm. three seasons of Patrick Troughton, this is the only non-Jamie Troughton story. I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you made a point of that because I forgot about that. And I always, in my mind, just as... You, you know, just assume Jamie's in every Troughton exactly, story because yeah. he's... Yeah, you know, Fraser so is that indelible. You know, I know the the prevailing wisdom is that that Sarah Jane Smith is the most popular companion, but um, that's debatable. Uh, it, it is debatable <laughs> because I I think for many fans, especially older fans, people perhaps who grew up in that era, who watched those stories in who grew up, let's say, in the '60s, watching Doctor Who, Jamie is the iconic character. You don't think of the Patrick Troughton doctor without thinking of Jamie. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I hope they bring him back. I know, I know Frazier Hines wrote a, um, an afterward on, on a recent doctor who magazine, uh, issue where he said it's, it's, a, it's about time they bring Jamie back. And I couldn't agree more. I love Frazier Hines. He's a, he's a, a wonderful, fun convention guest. He's a, Jamie was an incredible companion and I would love to see him back, and I think he'd be the kind of character I think Stephen Moffat would have a great time with if they did their school reunion. I think you could easily see Jamie in a situation where he's about to go to the gallows and being hung for something that he did, uh, you know, after being returned to his time, and the doctor steps in, and he's like, what, what the hell have you done, you know? Uh, what have you done <laughs> with yourself? He wouldn't be able to remember the doctor, because supposedly all his memory of the doctor has been erased. That's true. Maybe some things have seeped back. It's Who knows? A whole Donna. It be, <laughs> We're seeing that again now yeah. with Donna. Yeah. So I think it could be. I think it could be a very fun story. I, I think it, you know, uh, it could be done very well and give. It would give the current production team an excuse to go to that that particular time and place. Come on, guys, bring back Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm all for it. I think it's uh, a brilliant idea, and I think we've we've. Um, well, we certainly asked him about it. Uh, Somebody did at the last convention, Gallifrey yeah. Twenty, and uh, why not? He, he's he's certainly okay. You've pointed out that Sarah Jane, perhaps on paper, is the most popular companion, but a lot of people have, uh, you know, strong feelings towards Jamie, and I think it, it's uh, certainly the second after Sarah Jane is probably the one that most people would want to bring back. I know, like SFX did a poll, I think, uh, in one of their magazines uh, about most popular Doctor Companion. Sarah Jane got number one. Yeah. And it was after, of course, the episode Absolutely. with David Tennant aired. Mm-hmm. So suddenly there's this, um, this, uh, this, this meme going around that mm-hmm. Sarah Jane's the, the most popular companion. And Jamie was somewhere, I think he was in the top 10. But I think that mostly comes from the fact that people who thought that he is the best companion or the favorite companion or whatever, um, were people of a certain age and the current, the new crop of Doctor Who fans just may not be familiar with them. And yeah. I think if, if you took someone who is new to Doctor Who and exposed them to that companion, I think he would be incredibly popular and it would shoot straight up the charts. Well, without yeah. a doubt, I think everyone will agree that he's the best male companion. So I think, you know, he can safely hold on to that mantle. <laughs> this should this should spark uh, this should spark some debate. Hopefully, we'll get some people going on the forums. We started with Power of the Daleks and suddenly got on Jamie. Uh, a story, <laughs> we, we were reviewing a story he's not even in. 
That's right. <laughs> it's, he's conspicuous by his absence. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, James, how would you rate this? I have to concur with uh, what you both said. I think it's four out of five for me as well. And with you, Lewis, um, I did prefer the Tenth Planet. It had the edge just ever so slightly for me, but mm -hmm. both of them are hugely enjoyable. Both of them have classic Doctor Who villains, and uh, I think are very well written for the time. Um, and with what they had, you can't really comment too much on special effects or anything because I've never seen any of them, exactly. <laughs> certainly not for uh, Power of the Daleks. I uh, thought the special effects in this one were incredible. Because they're all in your head. And, Absolutely. You know, this is the, you know, uh, the whole argument brain with, of yours, Ken. with um, Big Finish and so on. And this was, you know, in essence, one of the first Big Finish and in inverted commas stories. Um Certainly because, uh, you know, it, it's one of the episodes which is a lot of people enjoy because it's a regeneration story. And it's the only thing that we have in terms of it's, it's all in audio. There's no, no pictures or uh, uh, footage at all. So, Well, there's think, a little uh, bit of footage and there's, there's a lot of pictures. I mean, that's one thing yes. we're blessed with. Yeah, that's that's very true. And, uh, well, I think we were talking about last time that it, it's only... Uh, through sheer luck, do we have any footage of um, the regeneration itself? Yeah. You know, seeing the change into uh, Patrick Troughton. So There's an interesting scene that um, clips are available of, you can find in some books, and, and there may even be on the official website, because I think there's a, um, there's a Telesnap collection on the official BBC website for the story. Where the doctor looks and holds a mirror up to himself, and he looks in the mirror and he sees William Hartnell's face looking back at him, and I think that's that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's I don't I can't recall them doing anything like that again. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, it's it sort of visually tricks the viewer into understanding what has just happened, mm -hmm. especially since it was the first time they're doing this. This is you know, and and you know every post-regeneration story since there's always been a time where it's uh, well the purpose of that story is to introduce you to the new doctor and there's always a point somewhere in it that you're waiting to find out is this really the doctor you know and there, there's, there's always comes like a scene or a moment where ah yes he is the doctor and uh, and even though this was the first time they were doing it i always felt it's it it had a little signature at the end of the story where the doctor says, uh, you know, we, we must run, we must dash because uh, otherwise, you know, they're going to bill us for, well, without giving anything away, but bill us for the damage that they've done or whatever. And that's, a, <laughs> that's very much the doctor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I said to myself, that's the doctor. That's our doctor. Even though obviously um, looking at this past, you know, from present day, you obviously I know he's the doctor, but, if I was to put myself in those in the shoes of that era back then, I would say, "Yep, that's the doctor." All right. Any other um, comments that we want to make about this? Uh, I can't think of anything. I think we've uh, covered it very well without spoiling it. Um, so for uh, people out there, next up is um, is the War, War Games. Game. Mm. I'm really looking to watch it again. I, I haven't watched it in at least a year oh my god i haven't watched it in at least 10 years oh i, yeah, I, I don't know when it was i used I to watch it, it all the time and and i just um 
I think maybe because I'm, I'm waiting for the DVD or whatever. I, I, I sometimes when I know a DVD is on the horizon, I I put myself in a little bit of a, a hiatus yeah. with watching the story on on uh, one means or another. And James you know, has the advantage of us because he's getting the DVD um, before what next week. Yeah, hopefully I've pre-ordered it, so uh, hopefully it will arrive on my doormat and I can uh, can watch it for, well, I don't know about next week's episode, but certainly the week after that. Well, maybe we should hold off for the review for, um, for not next week, but for the week after, so that you have time to uh, watch the DVD. Maybe you could fill us in on whatever extras and... That would be cool, because that way we can kind of uh, combine uh, uh, an episode review as well as the DVD review. Yes. I wanted to make one other Power of the Daleks comment, if I could, and you may Hope have you to ring the spoiler notice on this, please. Okay. So, cloister bell away, please. There's a spoiler coming, heading in three, two, one. This story, Power of the Daleks, a regeneration story featuring the Daleks. Um, the production team chose to put the Daleks in the first story to give a great, you know, a little extra boost mm. to Patrick Troughton. And the current production team is doing the same thing with Matt Smith, if the rumors are true. Yeah. Matt Smith's first story will feature the Daleks, and it'll be the first time the Daleks have been in a regeneration story since Power of the Daleks. And mm-hmm. trying to give him a, a, you know, a bit of a boost, having the world's favorite bad guys be in a regeneration story. Interesting. I was not aware of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This story also features uh, Governor Reagan before he became president. <laughs> There's a character named Governor Reagan in it. <laughs> well. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fantastic. Okay, well, we'll be right back with more Doctor Who Pachak after this. Can you answer me? It was a sort of disembodied hand. It's all It was horrible. There were three Daleks. Do you know what it was? Hmm. There were three. Who moved it? Don't ask me. Lesserson? But he hadn't opened the capsule. No, he said he hadn't opened it. Let's get our facts straight. <laughs> Excellent. Good thinking, good thinking. What does that mean you think he's been inside? Perhaps he's been experimenting on the Daleks. Ah. But, but they're things. I, I, I mean, they're dead. They must be. This light is dead now, but watch. You mean these things just need power? No. Lesterson's a fanatic. The governor's jealous of his own position. What does that suggest to you? Don't know. Haven't thought about it. That all is not well with this colony. Add to that one Dalek. Blimey, you don't mark make mountains, don't you? One Dalek? Yes. All that is needed to wipe out this entire colony. We're back with Doctor Who Parchock, and this is a familiar portion of our show where we hear what you have to say, and this is what we call our feedback section of the show, and we always enjoy getting your feedback, and we encourage you to send us feedback whenever possible. You can send it to feedback at podshock.net. You can also call our public call box. The Podshock public call box number is 206-600-6517. That's, a area, that's in the area code of 206 in the U.S., so just be aware of that. 
and it works just like voicemail. You call it up and leave a voicemail message. Alternatively, you can also send us a voicemail via Skype or the Gizmo project. Or if you have uh, an um, the Apple iPhone, you can even use voice memos to easily send us feedback on the go. So we always enjoy hearing your feedback. And we also encourage you to, um, to send us book reviews if possible. And uh, to that end, this is a... Uh, a submitted review of Prisoner of the Daleks. So we're going to start off with that, and then we're going to get to the to the, the rest of our feedback. So let's hear this review first. Hi guys, it's uh, Dave here. I'm Scaroff on the forums from Melbourne, Australia. Um, I thought I'd take the opportunity to uh, do a bit of a mini review of a new BBC book, Prisoner of the Daleks, by Trevor Baxendale. From the back cover of the book, the Daleks are advancing, their empire constantly expanding into Earth's space. The Earth forces are resisting the Daleks in every way they can, but battles rage on across countless solar systems, and now the future of our galaxy hangs in the balance. Well, of course it does. If the galaxy didn't hang in the balance, what fun would it be? With the lure of Daleks, I was looking forward to my commute in reading this book, having completed, of course, listening to the most recent Podshock episodes. The story opens as the TARDIS materialises on Lodestar Station 479, where Tenant's Doctor is travelling alone and meets up with a group of Dalek bounty hunters and a Dalek. The first Dalek, yes, on page 31. Through an uneasy alliance, the Doctor does align with the crew of the bounty hunter's ship, the Wayfarer. The Doctor has indeed arrived at a time when Earth is in the middle of the Great Conflict, and that's with Earth's first empire, and he travelled back to a point in time way before when the Time War started. The generation of humans here have never known a time when they are not at war with the Daleks. And they're called the Dalek Generation. I had a sinking feeling that the paradox of the Doctor's presence in this time, with the foreknowledge of the Time War, would make this a teeth-gritting and unbearable journey. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, the story moved past what could have killed the whole book for me. The pace of the story is pretty good, setting the scene for a page-turner, and I remember saying to myself, yep, just one more page before the next station. The plot, although somewhat predictable, does have a few twists, but where you expect one, and doing the guessing game to see if you're correct, invariably the answer was yes. There were bounty hunters, they had a past, there was friendship, there was love interests, there was loss, and of course there were Dalek plans to thwart. It all added up to pack packing a truckload of plot elements into this 249 page read. After a series of events aimed at character definition and a lone Dalek on the Wayfarer and a journey back to a planet called Archeon, the planet of the ghosts, without the TARDIS, it's not until about halfway through the book where we hear those words. <laughs> you are now prisoners of the Daleks. The Daleks' base on this planet 
has a human slave force and something the Daleks appear to be searching for. The Archeon Threshold. It's a chronic schism deep inside the planet. Possibly too much information, however, there is an introduction of the Exterminator-class Dalek spaceship. Sounds pretty cool. And it contains the mysterious Dalek X. Bluff, double bluff, the plot unfolds as the Doctor, the Bounty Hunters and Dalek X travel back to the TARDIS. But who is being controlled and to what end? In fact, the ending chapters are as rushed as I expected them to be, tying off plot loops and so on. Yet, the final chapter, as brief as it is, is a very telling expose of the Doctor's continuing psychological battles. All in all, I enjoyed the book, it was a satisfying read, and as much as you know that every Dalek story can only move in so many directions, it's still a bit of a magnet for every Doctor Who fan. I hope people have an opportunity to read the book. And uh, guys, just for you, thank you very much for your uh, time and for continuing to produce excellent Podshock episodes. Chat later. Bye. Well, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. It's a very Dalek-themed Doctor Who Podshock episode today. Right here, right now, yeah. But uh, well worth it, and I... I have to say, awesome book review. I hope you can do another one, mate. And if not, then uh, please, everybody out there, do submit them in because we do love getting those uh, your opinions on various books or you know audio books, whatever you'd like to send in. Mm. So we can't let's cover it all <laughs> as much as we yes, practice. yeah, indeed, indeed. So uh, let's go ahead with an email then, mm-hmm. and uh, this is from uh, I presume a lady called Jordan. Or it could be a bloke, I guess. He says, uh, my name is Jordan, and I'd just like to say how much I enjoy your podcast. I particularly like the review of The Tenth Planet, which is one of my favorite stories, despite its missing episodes. I think the Cybermen are very good in this story. They are menacing, and they actually look very convincing. A lot better than those horrible 80s things, like the one that were used in Earthshock. I mainly sent this feedback to tell you about a brilliant CGI reconstruction that a YouTube user has done. This reconstruction is brilliantly made and perfectly aligned with the original audio track, which makes it just as good, if not better, than watching the animated segments like those used in The Invasion, which can be found at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Colonel Barker. Thanks. So cheers for that. That's really good to know. Uh, it seems like there's been a, a, a big resurgence um, uh, in uh, CGI mm-hmm. uh, constructions lately. Yeah. You posted one recently on your Tumble blog, yeah, right, Lewis? With Patrick Fountain. It's incredible what, you know, what fans are doing. And, I, you know, hats off to them. I can't imagine the time and effort that goes into producing these things. But uh, they get the audio from, um, you know, what that's available and then they render... Uh, CGI, you know, to to fill the scene out and flesh it out. Yeah, so uh, I fully uh, am in full support of people doing that because it just aids with the whole experience for the missing episodes. So uh, thanks for that info, Jordan. Cheers, mate. Yeah, I, and I think I mentioned it. I just skimmed up, uh, up and I'm not going to go into it now, but I, I did brush upon it last time that I did go back and um, when we originally recorded The Tenth Planet, I hadn't seen it in in a good 15 years or so. So um, I did have a chance to watch and hear it again 
uh, hearing being the, the fourth episode. So, um, but uh, as I said, I really enjoyed it. And I think it's, um, I, I gave it, I revised my rating. I gave it four and a half Tardis Groans from four originally. So, um, all right. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Uh, um, really highly recommend it for many different reasons. You know, the first Cyberman story and it's just, um, it, it just, I don't know. There's just so many things about it that, that are, um, of, worthy of note. Cool. All right. So, um, I guess next up we'll do another audio feedback and why this not one is um from um a from the land down under ramana 2 we haven't heard from her this in is, a long time and this is our second australian uh piece of feedback so uh, yeah it's yeah. kind of it's a very australian centric show though it's we're, dalek we're record- and australians today <laughs> though it should be noted Good that thanks. we're recording this on <laughs> canada day and where's Mike Durin today? We should have invited him <laughs> on board. Yeah. And by the time this episode goes out, it'll probably be around, if not on, 4th of July. So, um, very. Um, is there any um, country holiday in, in the UK that we should make a note of, James? Sadly not. We don't really have a national holiday, as, as far as I'm aware. Okay, well. So, happy Independence Day, happy Canada Day. And um, and let's um, every day is happy UK day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> at least here on Doctor Pachak it is. Yes, and we're we're going to continue with the um, celebrating the land down under right now. Hello, boys. Um, this is Samantha from Sydney, Australia, leaving you a little piece of feedback. Um, you might have recognised by voice. I am also known as Romanatu on the forums and on the live podcasts. Um, great show, guys. I have been listening for ages and ages and ages. I've just never really given you any feedback. Well, I think I have, but um, it's never been really that fabulous. Um, but yeah, I've been a Doctor Who fan since, um, oh, what is it now? July 2006, I believe. Maybe June 2006. This is my third year being a Doctor Who fan. Um, yeah, I got into it through um, the new series with David Tennant, who is my favourite Doctor and who I have a huge thing for. <laughs> but um, I'm sure that's no real um, secret to anyone who knows me. Um, needless to say, I will be one of those fangirls bawling her eyes out when he regenerates at the end of the year. Um, but as much as I love David Tennant, I am quite willing to, to let him go. Um, you know, he he can only play the Doctor for so long. I'm not one of those fangirls going, oh no, he can't go. Yeah. It's like, you know, Doctor Who changes, that's one of the marvellous, marvellous things about it. And I am really looking forward to Matt Smith. Um, yeah, what else can I say? I've been listening to your shows for about, um, oh, about nearly two years now. I started with um, the live shows reviewing Series 3 and then went back over a period of about three months while I was working, um, listening to them pretty much a three podcasts a day or something um, over three months and got through it, got through all the back catalogue. And um, I'm now currently up to 145. I've been... A little bit behind in listening to um, you guys, unfortunately, because of due to um, the fact that um, I am a cosplayer and I've got two conventions coming up soon, um, one in a couple of days at Sydney Supernova down here, and um, I've been busy with that, hence why I haven't really been listening to them. Um, But other than that, um, I've 
been, as I said, I've been listening to ages, you guys for ages, and um, always love the talk about um, the Gallifrey conventions in LA. And every time I hear you guys talking about them, I'm going, oh my goodness, I want to go, I want to go. Um, I'm just really sad that Gallifrey 21 next year is too early for me because I am actually going overseas next year. Um, I'm going to the UK in um, late February through to June 2010 um, for many reasons, and one of them is to experience watching Series 5 on um, TV over there um, and all that stuff. But um, Gallifrey 21 is just... It's literally about... It's literally about four days too early for me. I mean, I was planning on going to L.A. first and then from L.A. to the U.K., but um, literally, it's I can't miss my dad's and my boyfriend's birthday. They would kill me. So, um, sadly, I can't go to this year, but hopefully I'm going to try and get to a Gallifrey convention one day, which um, brings me to the point um wondering if there's any conventions in the U.S. or the U.K., in the between February 2010 and Ju- June 2010, that I would possibly like to go to because um, I'd, I'd love to meet some more more fans of um, Doctor Who because it's always fun. Um, just um, also another thing I'm going to mention is um, you gave the shout out to people with um, regarding fan groups and things. I thought I'd give a little um, a little shout out and a little um, bit. To um, for the the Doctor Who Club down here in Sydney called the um, Doctor Who Club of Australia, or DWCA. Um, the website for it is um, www.doctorwhoaustralia.org.au, I believe. Um, the group's been going for about thirty years now. Um, it's it started in the seventies, I believe, as a um, to stop the ABC, the um, Australian Broadcasting Corporation here, from um, axing Doctor Who because they were originally showing it and then in about the 70s they decided to um, actually cancel it. And it was actually the fans that, that um, formed that group together and, and stopped it from getting axed down here. Um, so, yeah, it's been going for 30 years. I've been a member of it for about two and a half. Um, it's a great group. Um, we usually meet in the Sydney area. They have um, video meetups um, usually once every um, couple of months. When there's when the new series is on, they're once a month um, screening the new series. Um, the next one, I believe, is in September in Burwood um, Club, which is in Sydney. And um, yeah, if you want to come, come along. We also have tavern meetups every month and video nights as well. So it's it's a great group, um, great bunch of people. Being a fat, being member for yeah two and a half years, always have lots of fun. Um, they're also going to be at Sydney Supernova. Um, so yeah, if you're Australian listen, listener to Podshock, and I hope I'm not the only one, um, hope to see you there. Um, yeah, I was just also um, just listening to um, episode 145, and I um, heard you guys talking about um, the fact that there's no printed like newsletters and stuff anymore well that's one of the beauties about the doctor who club of australia they still have a printed magazine that gets sent out to you every month it's called data extract and literally i got i got the newest um my the newest one in the mail today so it's always it's great to have a printed 
something that you can flick through and see, like um, Karen Gillian, the new companions on the cover, and um, all the news and reviews and stuff. And there's also there's also fan fiction in it and fan art and stuff. And it's a great little thing to have um, for the community in Australia. Um, it's a printed, an actual printed fan magazine, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, boys, I think that's pretty much all I've got to to really give you at the moment um just to say you're you've always done a fantastic job i think you you're the podcast i listened to first i I think i discovered you guys through cool shot on the tube um and from there i pretty much you're the only podcast i listen to nowadays because i don't have much time for podcasts um but you also got me into podcasting myself um i host my own podcast um the wailing fangirl podcast which is incredibly Bad, it's badly updated. It's like I haven't updated it in about oh goodness two months now, but um, but I'm planning to soon after Supernova's over and I have more time. So, just you guys are awesome. Um, what else can I say? Keep up the good work. This is um, Samantha, aka Romana Two, signing off. Goodbye, boys. Well, thank you, Samantha. And and speaking of Cool Shite on the Tube, Bruce Moyle, who is the host of Cool Shite, has been uh, keeping us up to date on the Supernova convention in Australia via Twitter. So um, it's ah. pretty um, exciting seeing that convention taking place and um, what's going on there, and obviously what um, you know, obviously what we report at, on our on at Gallifrey and other conventions. And um, and just to that note, uh, you had asked about what conventions are taking place in the U.S. between February and. <clears throat> excuse me, and June, uh, outside of Gallifrey. Uh, I believe uh, Stargate is in May, if I'm not mistaken. I thought she wanted to know when, when they were on in the UK, though, so that um, you know, while she's over in the UK, she can... Uh, oh, wait, did she say UK or US? I, I might have UK. Okay. She's spending some time in the UK from February to June, I believe she said. Okay, my mistake. So the only convention that i'm aware of that's on at this stage at this time at that time of year um will be glasgow who um which is the the glasgow who dot who society um they ha- they hold a convention called um the army of ghosts or the army of guests it's a bit of a pun <laughs> on the army of ghosts um and it's usually around in february time it's been going it's quite a new convention it's been going on since i think 2007 2006 or 2007 um and i think that uh, there probably will be some other conventions in and around that period but at the moment there's there's very little information i guess because um it's a, a little bit of a way off because um, doctor who conventions here in the uk tend to be you know only for a few days one day um generally but i'm sure also the wonderful people who organize um the things like the fab cafe events they seem to hold conventions every six months and ah, the there's next... news on that james i sent yes, you an email there is you did, and the next one is going to be in November, right, Ken? It is Saturday, November 7th, 2009, and they just announced, in addition to their guests, Terry Malloy, Mary Tam, and Terence Dix, they are announcing that uh, Georgia Moffat, the doctor's daughter, will be there as well. Very, very cool, because um, I know that, that, um, that she possibly might be appearing at Gallifrey, um, well, her dad's going to be there. Crossed. Yeah, her dad's going to be there. So we're keeping f- our fingers crossed that uh, Georgia will be there for Gallifrey 21. Um, but as I always say, as I was saying, um, 
the, uh, the people who fans like us, the, the fan group who organize um, the Fab Cafe events and Erica Edgerton, she's great. And she seems to organize a convention about every six months in the UK. So I'm sure that there probably will be one going on between February and, and, and June, if I know, if I know Erica any, any well. Mm-hmm. And while we're on convention topics real quick, uh, TimeGate in Atlanta announced way ahead of time for next May 2010 that Dominic Glynn, the composer yes. from Doctor Who, will be joining them we as well as – show um, not too long – well, actually, probably wasn't yeah. long ago now. Six months ago, perhaps. Yeah. Lars Pearson and Krista Dixon from Mad Norwegian Press also a schedule. But just nice to see that Dominic Glynn's going to be in the States and hope to see – more of him. And uh, you know what? We were talking about Torchwood at the start of the show, and, and I wanted to mention that uh, that there are two Torchwood Children of Earth viewing parties going on, and, and hope this episode should be out in enough time for some folks in certain areas to be able to get to some of these. I'm, I'm sure there's many in a lot of different places. The first one that I know of is down in Florida. Our friends in Orlando that host uh, Hurricane Who, Jared and company, are doing um, Saturday, July 11th. They're doing the Children of Earth viewing at the Cricketeers Arms Pub, which is where they host a lot of their uh, parties and their viewing parties. And then the next day on Sunday, July 12th, uh, DWNY is doing their viewing party, and that is at Professor Tom's in Manhattan. So just a a couple of quick shout-outs for some events that are going on. And the DWNY pub meet was moved back to Wednesday, the 22nd of July, 2009. So those are two two quick notes. Cool. Excellent. Right, let's have another email then. This was one from Steve Lee. He says, hello, lads. I'm still playing catch-up with all the episodes that I've missed since, oh, series three or so. In one of the the 140s episodes, I think you guys were discussing with the premise that Davies launched the new series with namely that the Time Lords were all dead except the the Doctor. You then went on on to say how the Doctor is less interesting this way compared to being a rebel and an outlaw, which I agree with. I wanted to add that... uh, What also made the dynamic so wonderful with the Time Lords is that despite their great power, they still need the Doctor. His outside-the-box intellect and experience make him that much more interesting and an impressive a character. To come from such a supreme and superior race and then to outstrip them mentally and morally has always made me love episodes and stories involving Gallifrey. That episode also contained a bit of Ken wondering why everybody loves the Zygon so much. In response to that, I believe they were, for old who, excellently realised aliens, the costumes well done, the organic technology was very creepy, and the gothic horror quality of most of the story. Probably everything was more impressive in comparison to the very bad um, Skakaran effects. Anyway, thoroughly enjoyed listening to Podshock again like spending time with a much-beloved old friends. Keep doing the fine, fine work. Cheers. Thanks for that, Steve. Some good points there, I think. And it's nice to hear that you're slowly catching up with the old pod shocks. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, that's the one thing great about podcasting is that 
and you know and don't you don't have to apologize for that i know some many of our listeners will say i'm you know we'll start off the conversation i'm really sorry i'm really behind in listening to podcasts and all that but remember we're doing this for you for your and you can listen to it at your leisure when it best suits you that's the whole point of podcasting though sometimes if we have current news in it you'll miss out on you know some current stuff that we might be talking about but otherwise um that's time shifting is what it's all about so if you're a few episodes behind don't worry about it you'll eventually catch up you can go backwards and forwards and um you know eventually you'll you'll um give yourself time and um you'll be up to speed yep it's all good okay so one final uh, email here from companion 2b she says hey guys i love your show i've been a listener for a couple of years now I've been a big fan of Doctor Who ever since the new series started, way back in 2005. And I've recently started watching the classic series, which I love also. I even got my mum watching the new series. Anyway, what I wanted to know is if anybody knows of any groups, uh, fan groups in the state of Wisconsin. If someone could put a call out for that, it would be great. Keep up the great work, Companion 2B, otherwise known as Sarah. Um... Well, thanks for the email, Sarah. We always love to to get this uh, uh, these kind of shout outs from fans who want to know about uh, fan groups, which is the brilliant brainchild, really, of of Ken. Um, I'm, as far as I'm aware, I'm not the best person to speak to about this because I, you know, I don't really know much about what's going on in terms of the conventions in the states. I don't know if you guys are aware of any. Uh, fan groups in wisconsin and if not then if somebody could send us an email just letting us know if they have any awesome fan groups out in the the wisconsin area that would be great and we'll pass the information on to sarah absolutely so we're doing feedback here and we have a piece of feedback here from none other than our canadian correspondent mike Durin, but it's one better it's living feedback we have mike here live on the show in our feedback section and we invited him on because we wanted to one wish him happy canada day thanks guys (laughs) (laughs) yes happy canada day we couldn't do a show on canada day and not have you on it 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 was predestined yeah we were joking about it earlier oh okay (laughs) thanks it's uh, it is canada day but i'm sitting here at my desk working uh, nonetheless (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) It's not a national holiday. You should guys. Oh no, it's, it's a national holiday, just not a holiday for me today. Oh, all right. It's... Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> That's okay. I understand that. I know that all too well. So, but we're very happy to have you on the show, and we haven't had you on since before Who Party fourteen in Toronto. And That's right. We had you on before that and talking about what to expect at the Who Party 14. So we thought it would be ideal to have you back on the show and give us a little wrap-up on what had happened and um, how did it all turn out? Well, I, uh, first of all, I guess I'm probably a little biased if, uh, in giving my opinions on how things went since I was the <laughs> organizer. But I will say that uh, the response we had to the event was overwhelmingly positive from the attendees, uh, from the guests, uh, from uh, all the people that worked on the convention. Everybody seemed to have a really amazing time. I had an amazing time. It's it's tough. Looking back a few weeks now, it's uh, it's tough to remember the... Uh, the one day, it's that whole thing, we've got this one day that came after months and months of work. <laughs> so yeah. the, let me tell you that... planning for a wedding, and then all of a sudden it's over, and you're like... That, that, that's right, and the, the few weeks since the convention went by a lot quicker and a lot less stressful than the few weeks before the convention, I'll tell you that. Um, okay. 
But yeah, it, uh, everybody had an amazing time. Uh, one of the things we've always tried to do with our events is make them cozy and relaxed. And, you know, we obviously there's a schedule, but and, and we actually ran exactly on time almost the entire day. The only thing that ran late was the, the final uh, uh, item of the day, which was uh, Toby Hedok's show, which we actually delayed just so we'd have enough time to clean the room up and, and get everything set up mm -hmm. for him. Uh, so even though everything ran on time, we still we're, we're pretty relaxed about how everything went. Uh, it, it turned out to uh, um, uh, a lot more people than um, maybe originally expected, and the turnout was great, I hear. Yeah, turnout was amazing. I'll say, what I'll say is that it was it wasn't more than necessarily than we expected, but it was more than we originally planned for when we started planning the convention. Mm -hmm. We actually waited waited fairly late in the day to book our hotel. We even we had the date. Uh, we were selling memberships, and we had the date, but we hadn't even announced the venue yet because we wanted to get an idea of those those pre-registrations for how many people would turn up, and then estimate what our total attendance w would end up being. Uh, so we, we started off with an idea of, well, we're going to do an event for 130 people was our original plan back uh, back wow. in November, December. But we had that many registered by the month of May. Uh, in, in the end, uh, we ended up uh, with about 270 people, I think. And that is the second, believe it or not, the second largest Doctor Who convention ever in Canada and the largest ever in Toronto. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Really good. Cheers. We were we were very happy. We we knew we we sort of knew that's what the numbers. I say knew, but you could substitute hoped mm -hmm. uh, that that's what the numbers were going to be, uh, getting towards the end. Uh, certainly, you know, we we announced uh, three guests just in the last two weeks before the convention. Actually, I think it might have. Yeah, it was about, about two, in the last two weeks before the convention. Uh, last time I was on uh, Podshock, we'd announced Lance Parkin and Colin Teague. And, of course, I knew at the time that we were talking with James Strong, but I just couldn't announce it yet. And I think it was later the, later the same day of that recording mm -hmm. that we got the confirmation from James Strong, or perhaps the next day, that we were able to get him. Well, we already knew he was coming, but we had to make sure we could still get, get an airfare booked and everything and get it all scheduled uh, to make it happen. So uh, I, when I say hope, I hoped, I mean, we were, we were sort of... Figuring you know, if we get those extra people, then we'll have the money to pay uh, for the extra guest. And yeah. so there was, <laughs> hope hope was a big word there. <laughs> and and every everything we tried, all 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 of the all of everything we went out on a limb, everything turned out perfectly. It was the perfect storm of running a Doctor Who convention. I can't imagine that everything will ever go so smoothly again. Uh, so uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully next time we'll be announcing our guests. Uh, I said next time. I shouldn't say that. Hopefully, uh, should there be a next time, we'll be announcing <laughs> all of our guests a little sooner in advance of, of the actual event day. Yeah, but at least a nice surprise for you know people turning up. Absolutely, and you know what, we are we had we had more than a hundred people registered uh, when our our post you know our posters and such had our two announced guests and more guests coming and. You know, even with just those original two guests, with uh, Rob Sherman and Toby Hidok, that would have been a great event. And we, you know, that, that we've done events like that, and and you know, that's the we had the money budgeted for it, and, and that would have been a great event. I don't want to uh, say that you know we, we didn't want more. Uh, it's uh, just you know, we wanted to get some new guests as well, some people that hadn't been here before. Mm -hmm. Some, in fact, some some people in uh, Colin Teague and James Strong who had never done a Doctor Who convention before, never even been invited to do a Doctor Who convention before, which really surprises me. 
you know, and in, 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 I mean, in terms of James Strong, here we have somebody who worked on a, this guy made a Doctor Who episode in 2009. They, they, they shot Planet of the Dead in 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think uh, you know, we could have a fresher guest from, from, his, uh, from his experience than that. Unless, that was uh, a couple months ago. Exactly. Maybe. Unless we had the guys that were still shooting right up until, uh, you know, just around the time of the convention or just before that or getting ready to shoot the next series. OK, this is what they need to do. They need to shoot a Doctor Who. No, they can't do that. They need, I was going to say, yeah. they need to shoot a Doctor Who story at a convention. No, I don't, I don't want that. No, we don't want that. But uh, yeah, we the, the convention turned out to be, even though it was one of our biggest, it was still small enough that uh, uh the guests could walk around and we, you know, we did autograph sessions and meet and greet sessions, but the, nobody had to line up for hours in advance. We just sort of set up dealer, tables in the dealer's room and, and, you know, the fans came in as they had time and, and met whatever guests were there and everybody got to interact. I'd, mm. I'd, uh, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see what more we can do, but, uh, you know, sort of with that getting close to 300 attendees, maybe, uh, if, if we do it again, but still stick around that number. That seems like a perfect number and, uh, see as, you know, get as many guests as you can for that number of attendees and small is good. Are you, is it safe to say you're going to do another one next year? Uh, it is not safe for me to say, in case my wife is listening, <laughs> that we will be doing another one next year, or in fact, the wives and partners of the other four organizers. <laughs> well, Michael, uh, thank you so much. Thanks for letting thanks. us know how it's all gone. And, and you know, thanks to you guys for helping us in, with that last-minute publicity push, because we went nuts in those last couple of weeks trying to get the word out, and it worked, and a big part of that is thanks to you guys. Well, no well, worries, mate. Yeah, Cheers. Be a service. Anytime. All right. Well, with all that, we're going to wrap up yes. uh, this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. And so uh, thank you, Mike, for uh, coming on at the la very, very last minute. We finished off the show <laughs> on a high note. So thank you so much for that. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was here. And, and I actually want to say one, one squeeze in one more thing about Who Party. And that was that the, I, I got to give credit to the guy who is really the star of our convention. And that was Toby Haydock, because we uh, we finished the show. You talk about finishing on a high note. We finished our convention with Moss Ate My Doctor Who Scarf. And and as much as much as it was a great event all day long, it was Toby sending people home in such a good mood that I think was the best the best yes. thing we did and and the best thing we did in planning was putting Toby on to finish the show as <laughs> as at the at the end of the day I couldn't imagine a better way uh, of rounding have, off uh, the bench yeah, yeah absolutely I just uh, I don't know who who our next Toby will be if uh, we have to put him to work writing a new show <laughs> or or what we're ever going to do next time I I wanted to get that in yeah yeah well cool. it's, it's I, you can't end a show better than that. So, well, uh, but speaking of ending the shows, it's it's been a long show for us. I know, Mike, you just got on board, but <laughs> we're we're wrapping up things here, and we want to thank everyone for listening once again. We'll be back next time. We won't be doing war games next time, but we'll do it the one after that. So um, make sure for those in the UK when you get your DVD to watch it, and um, um, elsewhere if you have old um, VHS copies of it or whatever. Uh, we'll be reviewing it um, in a couple of weeks. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshot by the fan run GallifreyandEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. 
Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next time for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Doctor Who Podshock theme by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This is Louis Trapani. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Louis Trapani. Please follow James on Twitter at twitter.com slash James Norton. You can follow Mike Durin on Twitter at twitter.com slash Mike underscore Durin. Of course, Dr. Who Podchuck is also on Twitter. You can follow Dr. Who Podchuck at twitter.com slash Podchuck. This Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. You may have stopped the Daleks, but have you any idea of the damage you've done to the colony? Oh, there was a blowback, was there? A blowback? Our power supply has been destroyed. It'll be months before we can get things back to normal. Velma! Oh, that is unfortunate. Yes, but did it have to be this way? I did a lot of damage, did I? Come on. I think we'd better get out of here before they send us the bill.